as the dawning of the day moves us from darkness to light, so will the entrance of God's Word lighten up your life. Stay tuned for the teaching ministry of Charlotte Favre as she presents this light with Bringing to Light Ministries. Today is a, your day for victory in Jesus. Good day to you, and I'm glad that you have tuned into our program, Bringing to Light. I'm trusting that the Word of God each week brings light to you, to your family, to those around you that hear the good Word of our great and mighty God. It has been a joy uh, sharing the Word with you. We've been in this series, What is the Church to Do? But I think I could even bring it down. What is the child of God to do? When it seems that there are problems on every side and troubles, well, I want you to know that our God will never leave us, nor will He forsake us, and He will help us if we will allow Him to in whatever we face or deal with in life. Well, Shantae, as we appreciate her so much, listen to this good word from her. Hello, I'm Shantae Hawkman. There is no greater love than the love from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We know in John 3:16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. In verse 17, it says that God did not come to condemn the world, but to come to love us and to give His life for us. We know in Romans in chapter 10 and verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. God wants you to give your life to him today. He loves you so much. And there is nothing like knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord. He will give you that peace and that joy in your heart that you need. And it's, it promises us that He will give us eternal life. And we know in Ephesians, it says Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God. It's nothing that we can do in ourselves and who we are, but this is a gift that God has given to us that we can have eternal life, and it's by His grace and His love. Please pray a prayer with me today and ask Jesus to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, I come and I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you to cleanse me and purify me from all sin. I ask you to forgive me for anything, all that I have done. And Lord, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. We know in verse 13 of Romans 9, it says, call upon the Lord and you will be saved. So as you have called upon the Lord today, I believe that you have received Jesus and you have, you have been saved and that you will spend eternity in heaven with me. Well, praise the Lord. Please call or write to us and let us know what God has done for you today. Thank you. Well, praise the Lord. 
you know, you may have tuned in today and you or maybe somebody in your family is having some things going on that it tries to weigh on your heart. It seems like lately I talk with a lot of people and it seems that everybody deals with something. Sometimes we think, well, I'm the only one, but I want to assure you that you're not. And you may be a child of God today and you may love the Lord with all of your heart, but you still may be dealing with some things in your life. And I really feel before we get into the word today that I personally want to pray for you. I know Shantae always prays for us and we appreciate that so much. But it may be today that as many things are coming against you, coming against your family. It may be health. It may be your finances. You may feel all alone. You may feel separated from those that you used to fellowship with, whether it's the church or maybe a group that you enjoyed. It may be even from family. But I want to pray with you because if you are a child of God, I want you to know God cares for you. And I want to assure you, He has not forsaken you. No matter what the circumstances, He never forsakes His children. He loves you. He cares for you. And I'm just going to pray that He gives you peace that passes all understanding. We know that's who the Holy Spirit is all about. The Bible even calls Him Comforter that he brings to you the comfort that you have need of. So if that's you today, I just want, as I extend my hand to you, that you will extend your hand to me. And let's believe God together to touch you right where you are. Father, oh, as we come to you in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Father God, we come before you, Lord, acknowledging, Lord, that we need you. We need you in our lives, Lord. We can't do life without you, Father. And we know that even our Lord said in this world, we would have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, he said. And Lord God, we do know that he has overcome and he did it for us. So Father, as again, my hand is extended. I'm asking you for each one of these, Lord, that has reached their hand out to me, that Lord God in heaven, that you see them and you know what they are in need of today. Father God, if it's healing, God, I'm asking you to touch them right where they are and quicken them in their bodies, almighty God, where there may be pain, where there may be things, Lord, that's of a concern to them, Father, or the family. We just speak healing in the name of Jesus. Father God, if it's their finances, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will provide everything they have need of, Father. And God, we just thank you that you are, yes, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, but you're Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And we call upon you, Almighty God, to minister to every need right now. There are some, Lord, that feel heavy over their children or their grandchildren or others that they love that are lost and undone and they need you, Jesus, as Savior. We're asking you, Father, to draw them, Lord. Speak to them through dreams, through visions. Send forth those, Lord, that will minister truth, God, and you would give them ears to hear what you would say and they would be born again. Or if they're away, Father, from you, draw them, God. Draw them back to you in the name of Jesus. And Father God, if it's problems with relationships, we ask you to heal those, Father. And bring, Lord, a unity back to families or friends in the name of Jesus. And right now, I bind every demon of hell that's assigned against you 
in the name of Jesus, I forbid the works of darkness to hold you in any bondage. I break drug addiction. I break addiction to alcohol of any form. I break the addiction to porn and to sexual perversion. I break its hold over you in the name of Jesus. And anything that holds you in bondage, I break its hold in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I have taken the authority. It is by your power and it's by your might, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, for what you have done right now in these individuals' lives in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Now, it's very important that you receive the prayer that has been prayed over you. God is a God who answers prayer. So I'm trusting that you're saying, be it unto me according to your word, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. He's touched many of you. I know that. I know that in my spirit. And we would love to hear what God has done for you. Amen. So what is the church to do? What are you to do when things come your way? Well, you know, the last thing we want to do is just sit down and meditate on all the problems. You know, then we want to get with somebody and we want to talk all the problems. We listen to the news, which it's okay every once in a while so you know how to pray. But let me tell you, you're talking about things that try to weigh on you. And then when people are digging into all kinds of things and they tell you how bad this is and what's going on here, it can totally overwhelm you. And uh, I know that, so I have to be very careful in what I do here and how I deal with things in my own personal life. But things are going to come our way. But I want to say it again, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Bible says the Lord delivers him or her from them all. That's a promise. So yes, flick affliction, something that burdens your spirit or tries to weigh on you. It may come, but the Lord promises He's going to deliver you. Do you believe Him? Do you pray and ask Him for whatever it is that's trying to afflict you? Then do you give Him thanksgiving and praise? You know, a lot of people pray and we should pray and that's the big part of this message that I've been talking to you about. That's important. But I want you to know sometimes I think that the people of God get weary in well-doing. You know, we'll read our healing scriptures, for example, but then, you know, the next day we put them back and we don't read them. The next day we don't read them. The next day we don't read them. Oh, I need to be reading those scriptures. And we're not diligent about taking, now listen, the medicine of the word. You see, the Bible tells us in Proverbs that the word of God is health to all their flesh. And that word health means medicine. Oh, we're quick to take that prescription. But will we take the medicine of God's word? Do we pray daily? Do we make our confessions daily over those things that's very important to us? It's, it's so important that we do that. You know, that we are diligent to speak those things every day and not to give up and not to quit. And then what is our confession? Are we confessing the word or confessing how bad this is and how bad that is? Well, you know, the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. What are we eating of? We're going to eat of what we speak. If we speak death, guess what we will partake of? Things that portray, portray death. It's not necessarily taking that last breath, 
but sometimes it's living a life of death. Let us speak life. Let us speak the promises of God in the midst of our circumstances and situations. You know, when we study Hebrews 11, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, you know, it talks about the heroes of faith. It gives us the definition of faith in Hebrews 11, verse 1. But you know, in the latter part of the chapter, it talks about there were those who died in faith, not having received the promise. Now, I'm alive right now, and I'm trusting God to see the answers to my prayers, the very things that I am believing for. But you know, there may be things that I might not see the answer come in my lifetime. Well, does that mean my faith is over? Not at all. How many times have you heard the testimonies of a mom and dad was diligent to pray for a son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, but then they went on to be with the Lord. And maybe years later, the fruit of that prayer would come to pass because that salvation would come to those that they were praying for. Now, I'm trusting to see again... excuse me, the answers to my prayers. And I know that you are as well, but don't ever give up. Don't ever quit and say, well, it's not happening. It's not happening. Then we're moving from faith to a doubt and then unbelief. There is no place in scripture that says, well, you can now doubt. You don't have to believe anymore. No, anything scripture says is not a faith is a sin. So even if I die in faith, I want you to know that is pleasing to the Lord, that I was still believing God even when I took my last breath. Many of you that have tuned into our program for many, many years now, or you've known me as, as I teach the Word of God, you know that I've been believing God for revival my whole life. And you know, we've had touches of it here and there's moves of the Holy Spirit, and I'm very grateful for that. But the very outpouring of the Holy Spirit that I believe in God for has not taken place yet. I want to see that. But you know, even if I never see it in my lifetime, I am trusting and believing God that my children or my grandchildren will enjoy the last day revival before the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's where we have to be, staying in an attitude of faith. Now, with all that in mind, I want us to turn in our Bibles to Matthew 21, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 8. Matthew 21, verse 8. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and straw them in the way. Now, we know that this is when Jesus is riding in to Jerusalem. And we know that he has owned that colt that has never been ridden. The people were out in front and they're throwing their palm leaves, if you will, in front of him. And they are honoring Jesus Christ. Many thought that at that moment is when he would become the king that the father had sent to rule over Jerusalem. And finally, the Roman Empire would be pushed to the side. We know it didn't happen then. Let's read on. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Verse 10, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? 
And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. You see, people would come from faraway places uh, into the temple and they needed a sacrifice. And we know that there were those there that were selling their animals for sacrifice, but they could not use the local money. It had to be exchanged. So they were charging a lot of money to exchange for the monies that they had. And I want you to know that it was so extreme that they were cheating the people. They had no way of getting an animal except to those who sold the animals there at the temple. But we know that Jesus went into the temple and he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. In that day there would be those that would hide out in the caves. And in the caves they would wait for someone to come through. And when they would come through, they would run out together. They would attack the person and then they would rob them. People were very aware of what it meant when they said a den of thieves. Jesus is calling them a den of thieves. It's like you're hiding out and you're waiting for those to come through that need an animal for sacrifice. And you're robbing them. You are taking advantage of the situation. And Jesus didn't like it at all. Now notice what it said. My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. You know, that was then, but it hasn't changed. Oh, we may not have, of course, the animals that we're selling for sacrifice because the sacrifice has already been made. The final sacrifice being Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the world. So we don't deal with the den of thieves in that regard. But the part I want to focus on, my house shall be called a house of prayer. I ask you today, where you go to church, do you have prayer meetings? I remember as a little girl, my daddy would have what we call Wednesday night prayer meeting. Oh, that's the day that you had Sunday morning church, you had Sunday night church, and you would have revival, and sometimes it would go seven days, and it would continue, and you'd have another week of revival. I remember those days, but let me tell you, we were in church. But there was always that special time of prayer, and I remember before the meetings in that day, I'd be walking down the hallway of the church to go to my Sunday school class. But there would be a roar of voices. And these voices would be crying out unto God in prayer and intercession for our services. And I remember listening to that and I could literally feel and sense the power of God that was coming out of that room as those people were praying and interceding. Then again, we'd come together on Wednesday night and oh my, you, you just knew you were going to come to the altars and you were going to get down on your knees. And I remember as a little girl, because everybody else did it, I'd get on my knees and I would pray and talk to the Lord. 
Oh, that was such a glorious time. And you know, that was the day that not only was the preaching coming forth in such power, but the convicting power of the Spirit of God would cover that place. And anyone that might be there that was lost and undone or away from the Lord, I want you to know that God would begin to woo them unto Himself. And we would see people respond to the altar call and come and be saved and get their lives right with the Lord. Or they would come for different reasons, things that may be on their heart. People, God is calling the church back to prayer. Is your church a house of prayer? You know, not only on a Wednesday night, and I hope you still do that, I love that, but do you have groups that come together and pray? I know we have in our church what we call prayer watch. We meet every Tuesday night, and any of you are welcome to come. Maybe you just want to join with us in agreement, or maybe you need special prayer. That's what we do on Tuesday nights. And it's such a glorious time. God laid that very strongly on my heart some time back now. But it's a wonderful time. Let me tell you something. If your church does not have prayer, special groups, I want to encourage you to start one. Yes, of course, you go to your pastor. You make sure that God is guiding you that, but somebody needs to be coming together and pray. Prayer in this day is going to change the United States of America. Prayer is going to open the door for revival to come to our land. Prayer is going to be the power force that's going to stop this COVID, the things that are related to that. It's prayer that's going to allow God to come back in the school system to where our young people do not feel the need to take their own lives or to bring guns and to kill one another, that there's not the bullying that's going on on every side. Prayer is what's going to bring peace into this nation and into our families and stop the evils that are attempting to destroy our United States of America. I can't emphasize enough, if you do not have that in your church, call a group together. So we know that Jesus said, My house shall be called a house of prayer. And I want you to notice that when Jesus turned over those tables, and all these money exchangers began to run from that place. It said, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Now, you know, I don't think that this was just put in here because it was an event. What I want you to see is the deeper truth of all of that. It's when the temple was cleansed. It's when the declaration is, I set this house, this temple apart as a house of prayer. It is not going to be a den of thieves. It is not going to be a place of evil, but it's going to be a place that we pray. When Jesus did these things, that's when the broken, the lame, the blind came to Jesus and healing was released to the people. Could it be that that's what's going to happen in your church and my church and the church at large? That when we ask the Lord to forgive us for any sin that's in our lives or in our church body, when we begin to pray and invite God, I tell you what I love doing with my brothers and sisters, and I'll turn around sometimes from my prayer and just look around the church, and I'm seeing people walk around and pray. Some of them are doing warfare against what Satan has been trying to do. Many of them are just asking God to come down and minister to us right where we are, that the kabod, the weightiness of God will come down and sit upon us and change our lives to be more like Him. Let me tell you, it becomes a powerhouse. 
And I'm believing this is why we're beginning to see people to come into our altars, to be saved, to give their lives back to the Lord, and to begin to see what I believe God wants to do in these last of the last days. I believe you, child of God, you're hungry for that, and that's what you desire. So let us pray. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. You know, the religious folk, they don't want many times God to be glorified. It's all about them or maybe what they want. But when we have a heart towards the Lord God Almighty, we want to see Him high and lifted up. We want to see Him glorified. And they said unto Him, Hearest thou what they say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Thou hast perfected strength. Do you need strength today? I want to encourage you to praise the Lord. He is worthy of your praise and your worship. Put on that music that's anointed of God and lift your hands and begin to, oh, I don't really feel like it, Sister Charlotte. Feeling has nothing to do with it. Is it a decision to worship Him because He is worthy of your worship? And I promise, Feelings will change from the I don't want to till I can't worship and praise Him enough. Amen. I've just enjoyed ministering to you so much. We're going to talk some more about these things next time. I do hope that you will tune in. And I always say this, but if you've never written to us, oh, what a joy it would be to hear from you, to know that the Word of God is making a difference in your life and maybe those that are there with you. Our time is coming gone. The Lord's will will be back next time. May God bless you and I love you. I love you all. Hello, I am Shantae Hockman. Are you in an area in your life where you need a healing or a touch from the Lord? God wants to touch your body or to just even touch you emotionally and give you His peace that passes all understanding. We know that the Bible gives us many promises of God's healing power. In Isaiah 53, in verse 4, it says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I believe that God wants to touch you today in a mighty way. We believe in God's word and in his promises. And I feel that we can just hold fast to his promises every day and to speak his word. I know that when my little boy was sick, that I just spoke the word over him and I said, Micah, you will live and not die and you will declare the works of the Lord. And I know that the word says that Jesus, he sent his word and Jesus is the word. God sent his word to heal all of, our, of us from our sicknesses and diseases. Can I pray with you today that God will touch your body wherever you are. It, the promise says that he will bring us peace. And it says that God, He even bore the grief and the sorrow that you may have today. That God wants to touch you mentally, physically, spiritually in every way. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister today. 
Father, wherever they are, God, you know their need. And Father, I'm asking of you to touch their bodies. Lord, to minister peace and joy and strength to their hearts today. Father, I thank you for a healing in their bodies that we can just hold fast to your promises that by Jesus' stripes we are healed and we are whole. And Father, we thank you for your healing in my brother and sister today. Father, just touch their bodies by your power and by your might. And Father, we thank you for it, that they are healed and they are whole. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise God. Please write to us or call and let us know what God has done for you today. And I'm believing and I stand fast in prayer for your healing and from a touch from the Lord. Amen.